185milesouth.com. Smash that Patreon button. One hundred and eighty five miles south, a hardcore punk rock podcast. What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we have Sweat and it's Tuna and it's Justin from Sweat and help me out. It's Dan Sant. What's up, Tuna? And what's up, Justin? What's up? Thanks for having us. What up? Yeah, man. (laughs) Yo. The, the new LP, I mean, so far, the year is young, but it's my favorite thing of the year. I've listened to it so many times, and oh, hell yeah. it, is, it is wild. Like, Tuna, what do you think your band sounds like when people ex- like ask you, like, so what does your band sound like? How do you explain it? Because I'm having trouble finding, like, points of reference. Yeah, it's kind of nice, right? <laughs> I like it because it just makes you listen to it because you're like, I don't know, just, like, listen to it. Um I usually tell people it's just, you know, hardcore. There's like rock and roll riffs and like, I'm like Muppety when I sing. (laughs) (laughs) Justin, are you the main songwriter? Uh, I'm the guitar player. So I suppose Um, we kind of, I don't know, typically I'll bring riffs and then we'll work on them. Like the song structure together. But, um, I don't know. I kind of think with the stuff that I'm thinking of when I write things are, you know, more rock and roll based, more kind of like seventies. And that's the aim of kind of the sound of the, at least the logistical recording, um, analog. And then, you know, typically the other bands that we have played in before, at least I have played in with Anthony are way more like distorted instead of overdriven in terms of like the tone. So, um, I don't know. It's kind of keeping that from the beginning. I think we, I kind of kept that in mind after the the first song that we wrote was kind of like more of a thrashy song. But then after that, we started getting a more of an idea of what, um, the band sounded like. And from there, you can kind of like get a little bit more of a concept about what you're trying to do, I suppose. But, you know, our point of reference is probably like, thin Lizzy stuff or uh to me i love anything that john reese has done swami um that type of stuff guitar wise i guess for sure i think that the lp lends itself better to your band like the i like the seven inch but it felt like oh, let's do this kind of song let's do this kind of song let's do this kind of song where the lp it just feels like he got loose and i get you on the thin Lizzy thing that's that's probably like the the best reference or whatever would have guessed like of an influence. But the only thing that like kicks ass as much that it reminds me of is like, it reminds me of that first helicopters record so much. Oh. And then, <laughs> you know, and then maybe like ask Cobra, right? Like, oh, yeah. Ask Cobra. Yeah. Just like, st- like stuff that kicks ass. Like it's amazing. Like in, and a lot of times I think about what do I like in music? And it's like, just to boil it down. It's like, I like music that kicks ass. dude. There's like nothing wrong with that. So like it yeah. when someone just comes along and rocks, <laughs> it just shit shit the bangs you know like yeah and that's kind of 
a joke that we always have, like you just ride the riff off the cliff, you know, like um, that, I, I think to me, I know that something is successful when like we go and we play it the first couple times and like all of us are like, hell yeah, you know, like it's kind of a, a general consensus and you're like, all right, that shit bangs. Yeah. But well, one thing that I, I feel about the sound is like, obviously it's hardcore, but then there's like total like Chiswick records, almost like, you know, the seventies, late seventies punk. That was things like the boys and uh, Eddie and the hot rods and stuff like that. But then because it's so rooted in hardcore, like I get some like suicide file from it. And then when you have those like dissonant parts, like I totally get like a dead guy, element but the whole thing it just completely like zach says rocks all the way from <laughs> riff one to the end like it's awesome Aww. yeah this, I, is, I, this isn't an interview we're just here to flee you guys <laughs> go on I, if, I, if the video was on you would see me like throwing my hair over my shoulders <laughs> go on, go uh, on. i think that's uh i was thinking about this the other day because i went and saw um i went and saw immolation play with like this band Mortiferum, there were some of the dudes that were in um um some bands from Tacoma back in the day, Tacoma and Olympia. But they're kind of like a straight up nasty death metal band, but they're hardcore people. And to me, you can tell when a certain kind of music is played by people that like are rooted in that in a way, because of like the energy is just different, especially when you play. Like if you Tuna and I have talked about this before that it's a really weird thing that like the seven inch came out a month after lockdown, basically. So we didn't play on that thing for like a year, at least a little bit over a year before we could play at all with any record. And um, so with this LP, like a lot, it seems that people have heard it before they've actually seen us play. And I think uh, it's like a different thing because, you know, I, I don't know, to me, people that have been in hardcore played hardcore, you just play differently. And like with more aggression, which I appreciate. Yeah, I can, I can totally see that. There's, um, how did you find each other to be in this band? Like, where did <laughs> the the spirit come together? Shout out, monkey fellow. <laughs> uh, Go ahead, Tina. <laughs> we had asked this question the other day, and Justin said Craigslist six months ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's a real piece of shit. Um, no, we, uh, I don't know exactly when I met Justin um I know I saw dangers as early as like 2009 and I was at least friendly with them like shortly after I started seeing them so I would guess I've known Justin for probably ballpark a decade but probably got close to him like for past four years maybe um and then Anthony uh because so I know I used to like book a bunch of shows at my house. So a bunch of his bands would play almost all of his bands played at my house. Cause Justin's in 300 bands. Um, and then Anthony, uh, I met in like, I don't know, maybe 2013 or 14. He played, um, he played for a minute in my band, my, my other band dog teeth. Um, so I've played with Anthony before and he's, he's really easy to play with. And he's like the best drummer I know. He's insane. Um, so yeah, Justin had asked me to fill in for on vocals for Graf Orlock for a couple of shows. And I think I think we like kind of threw the idea around like, oh, we should start a band, we should start a band. But like once we actually like played in that, 
we realized like we could play with each other, you know, like we like understood each other like musically and we like our rhythms worked. Um, and then we both play in other bands with Anthony. So like we knew Anthony's like perfect. Um, and I think also like all three of us are like curious enough about different kinds of music and like we're just dorks about music in that sense like we're not just like oh i want to listen to this because it's heavy and it's tight like we're like oh that thing's weird what what, what is that thing what is that thing and then i make them listen to disco all the time and i'm like wait listen to this thing <laughs> and i'm like I, not so much the sound but the feeling <laughs> and yeah. i feel like we all like understand it now you know how did you hone in on like your vocal approach because you went, you did two things that are super cool, right? You you went really monotone, which like actually I think brings out like the subtle melodies of the band, like the music. And then also like you go like a million words a minute sometimes. Like your lung capacity is ridiculous. Like do you do you go to Hawaii to train? Like you do that running under the water with the rock shit? Ooh, that'd be tight. Um <laughs> you know it's funny, we played Colorado and it was actually like everyone's like, you better be careful, like altitude like because we played in denver and a friend of mine was like yeah that shit's gonna wind you and i'm like fuck you and then we got there and i'm like oh shit this is real Uh, (laughs) um but no i like i don't know sometimes i go in moods of like i get a little too like crassy like penis envy era like where i'm just like and then this and then this and then this and i just keep going um i wish i could write really simple like a few word songs because also as justin has seen um i'm awful at remembering all of the words that i write <laughs> he's like you wrote the fucking song how do you not remember the song i don't know i got all that shit going on <laughs> just um, the, the way you get buck like at the end of like bone to pick is wild it's <laughs> like i almost picture like a cartoon you know just like a character. Yeah. <laughs> so good cartoon cartoon ass singer <laughs> love it i mean you know I didn't have a dad, but I did have the Muppets, so it checked out. <laughs> oh, it got dark. <laughs> oh, sorry, it shouldn't yeah. have. No, uh, yeah. Peer into that chasm. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, the other thing that I really like about bands, when I, I have I have something that I describe as, like, bands, like, kind of go YOLO on shit. Like, let's just fucking get Buck out of nowhere. And <laughs> on the Life, Dex, the Life Death Complex song, that's, like, a perfect example of YOLO when like halfway through the song, you just go to like the, the fastest, like downstorming, like out of nowhere. Was, was that your, your idea, Justin? What, like what's behind that? <laughs> yeah. Can I, uh, let me give you a little background on this song. This, <laughs> this, is, this is, um, it was an attempt to make a song that was pulled back a little bit. So <laughs> the beginning of it is pulled back. But then when we were working on it, it the idea was just to, like, at some point it hits and just, it just keeps running. But as a side note, this was there was much discussion trying to convince Tuna to want to put this song on the record. And as as of yesterday, she still hated it. So the, <laughs> that's, it's, it's both that's of our favorites. It's Zach and my favorite. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean it's Thank in a knife, it's in a knife fight with Bone to Pick, but like it's top two. <laughs> that's that's pretty interesting. Yeah. I uh Thinking about that, I'm trying to think about the ones I like. We're not, try, we're not trying to gang up on Tuna, but it, it, oh, I'm, it, I'm ganging up for that San Diego show. They better make the set list full. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, yeah, it's funny because they actually wrote that song at a practice that I wasn't there, 
because we usually write the songs together. I couldn't make it for some reason. And they're like, oh, you're running track. And I like listen. I'm like, it's cool. But like, I don't like it. Oh, what am I going to do? And they're like, fucking sing. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, but like, (laughs) uh, so yeah, it definitely was like significantly out of my comfort zone. I'll say that. Um, But that's cool. Like, I don't know. It's cool that you like it without knowing any of the like mental breakdown history behind it. They really like had to like drag me on that one. I was like, what if I don't sing for the first half of the song? And they're like, no. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. I I the part that I like the most, and don't quote me on this later about that song are the vocals. I can huh? picture Tuna flipping her hair over her shoulder right now. The <laughs> uh I mean it's that song is a song that's more of like a concept, maybe in my mind. Than say like the first song on the record that is like has more potential, uh, more attention paid to like transitions between riffs and things like that. Sure, it's it's, it's oozing with the yellow, dude. <laughs> Mercilessness. Hey, Justin, were you uh, Adam Lewis's roommate? Yeah, he lived in my house for like five years. Okay, everything he said about me is is true, unfortunately. <laughs> Dan, you wanted to ask about machismo. Oh yeah. Um, that song is also very awesome. And I just wanted to know what you were basing the lyrics on um, and, you know, what your mission statement was with the song. Um, so, you know, uh, <laughs> the Danzig song, Tired of Being Alive. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. That's the best song on Dan Danzig too. It starts with Don't Care. <laughs> I just like love that because it's so shitty. So I also wanted to start a song with Don't Care. Um, And I just kind of like went through like, you know, essentially it's pretty simple with like just people being creeps, me and a cat call, like cat calling people and like uh, talking over people and, you know, stuff like that. But then like I have this like really bad thing that I do where I just like love idiots in terms of like, (laughs) like I love boneheads, like I love shitty New York hardcore, you know, I love like idiots and then sometimes i get bummed when like they're not super smart <laughs> and they do dumb <laughs> shit so, like you know it's just like i love a good bonehead but like you know we all do you we know all do. yeah so um but then i like threw a little uh razor ramon like nod in there um because his catchphrase was oozing machismo yeah um so yeah and he just died the other day so that was also a nod to my mom. That's her favorite wrestler. Yeah. Respect. RIP Scott Hall. <laughs> we'll miss you. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked that. I liked that the song was um, aggressive, wild denouncing. It, it's just a, it's just a killer track. Thanks. I also like that. I make Justin have to sing backup vocals and say um, <laughs> that he, he'll never be your fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, since you opened it up to wrestling, we wanted to ask you, uh, is the genius Lanny Poffo the most underrated heel of all time? <laughs> underrated? I don't know. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess currently, sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm with it. Correct answer. You're a genius. <laughs> Justin, your, your backups, like, they are really cool the way your voices go together. Because you, like, 
you're rocking a pretty extreme voice there on like a <laughs> relatively, you know, I don't know. Are you melodic tinged up tempo punk? I don't know what you want to say. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's it. Just comes out that way, I suppose. I, I mean, born with it. Yeah, I sang in other bands in different ways, but most of the time, it just comes out that way. And it, it, uh, I don't know. I think the the sound of the way that everything kind of works together, or maybe like our lack of um at least on the seven inch or like, like other parts in the record like the lp that just have like random necro grunts in them or something like Ugh. you know just because we think it's funny that type of stuff um i think makes the record over that music like you mentioned it's just sounds different you know like i don't know i try i was trying to think the other day like what i think it sounds like but i think all the things together it doesn't really sound like anything it can sound like pieces of stuff but as a sum of its whole, it's like, I don't know, it's kind of unique. It came out that way. So uh, it's cool because Tuna's voice sounds so different than mine. Like, it's not like a, like, they're not even close. So it's neat when they're together. Definitely. I feel like um, all of the parts of the band that come together to make um, a pretty unique and awesome sounding LP now that you've got the LP like completely down and we're all loving it. <clears throat> what do you, uh, what are you concentrating on in the near future? <laughs> this psycho wants to record a whole new record. So we're going to next week. We're recording next week. We're, we have a whole like 11 songs. <laughs> yes. <shit>. Yes. You're <laughs> going to put up the two best records of 2022. No, dude, not, not with this, uh, supply chain problem. That's true. You know? That's true. Like you put you put in a rec- I checked this week. If you put a record in right now, it's totally like approved and everything. It's not gonna come out till the end of August. So, um, yeah, but you are you are signed on the label that uh, has a really good inside track on pressing. You know that didn't seem to matter this time around. Adele, like yeah. she really had her like death. <laughs> Adele screwed us. Also, as a side note, uh, as a clarification. Uh, we refuse to ever sign anything. So there's agreements made, but I think uh, in the DIY world, signing things are a bad idea. The right that being that being said, it's like pirates as a press were always associated with Jeezy in the Czech Republic, but Jeezy also does stuff for a lot of other people. So um, we're also you know you can get ahead in certain things, but with the LP, you know you're also subject to some of those like supply chain issues yeah like that at first they were saying like it was supposed to come out in like october november and it just kept getting pushed back yeah well it's out and that's what's important and it's my favorite so far <laughs> so i'm so glad you guys came on to talk just because i really want all the 185 people out there to to listen to it and also maybe like i don't know because you know they listen to us talk every week i don't know why but like <laughs> They probably think I like the more boneheaded music, and it's like, look, guys, you know, I like just stuff that kicks ass. I like anything that kicks wait, ass, you know. Wait a second, are you classifying our record as bonehead music? Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Is see, <laughs> I like stuff that's unbonehead. That's like the highest compliment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna tune gonna hair whip her neck into a neck brace. I don't have hair anymore. It all fell out because I whipped it. <laughs> Let's just say, if this is taking precedence 
over the seven beatdown records that are his other <laughs> records in contention, you know you have won. You've you've won at life. Yeah. Look, it's either this or Gridiron. One of you guys is going to win the record of the year. So what's up? <laughs> oh my god. But uh, yeah. What what do you want people to know about your band before we wrap? And thank you guys for uh, for doing this for us. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Um, Justin, you go. Me. Yeah. I'll. Um, <laughs> uh, for me. I don't know, the goal is to play everywhere possible. So if we can make it work, we'll be showing up somewhere in the shitty environs of your city's tune, wherever you may live, people. <laughs> yes. Uh, also, it's my dream for us to have backup dancers one day. So you know, <laughs> if anyone listens to the show that is into the record that wants to be a backup dancer, holler. <laughs> you know, it's just- my dream. Justin, one of my favorite lyrics of all time is from a band called Irrepute. And in the the 90s, they put out a record that they changed the sound. So it's not like a very notable record for a lot of people. But they have a line on it on a song called Roots that says, plain shitholes staying at your house. And it's like, oh, my God, that sums up everything, dude. I love it so much. Can I make one note about this? I remember... um, you remember He Who Corrupts? Sure. From Chicago? Okay. Brian Durkin, the singer of that band, is like the funniest dude ever. And their entire shtick was that they're like a corporate entity. That's like <laughs> what their band is. But I remember seeing him at Dude Fest in 2007. And he said, in the midst of like a song, like almost to himself over the mic, he said, I can't believe we're playing this shithole. people were just looking around like yep that's great i love that it's a good attitude to have (laughs) one one time dillinger four played uh the living room in galita and we used to know the sound man and so like he would just record the live sets like if you give him a cassette and so Mm -hmm. he was recording the set for us and we heckled the fuck out of dillinger four to play like this real early comp song and like mm-hmm. we didn't know the name of it, so we just like were singing the baseline. And like we wouldn't let them off the hook, and they didn't really remember how to play it. But they're like, I guess we have to. We're getting heckled by like the only like 40 people here, you know? And uh yeah. they played it, and like we got home afterwards. We're hanging out in my my friend's buddy's garage, uh, drinking beers and shit, and listening to the tape. And we hear the singer on it, like in the middle of the song, he goes, My God, this hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. I mean, I uh, some of the some of my favorite moments are I told Tuna about this before, but like uh, you know, being at a show and asking someone to play something that they haven't played in like ten years, and then they they're like, "All right, I'm obligated because there's like this person's sincerely asking," and then they got to try to like muscle memory their way through a song. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's pretty, why pretty I, got my, I got my requests in early, so don't play me, guys. No. <laughs> I gotta do some like serious mental preparation for that one. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, man. Hey, if I like, can you hold up cue cards for me? <laughs> I can. I'll hold the cue cards, dude. I'm all about it. Tuna, you can play. You can play guitar, and I'll sing it because I probably remember most of the words. Dude, I cannot play guitar as good as you. You like, like you, you like you. This is like an amazing thing about the band. I'll, I'll give one less compliment before we wrap this up. But, like. <laughs> Psycho. It, it, no, I mean, it sounds like you guys are holding back so much, which is kind of amazing, right? Like, the drummer is obviously an animal, 
and like you can hear it, but he doesn't like show off. And same with like the guitar, it's like it, it sounds like you can play like you know Thin Lizzy like with your with your eyes closed if you wanted to, but you like hold back so much, you know. It's like it's just so rad, and I think that might be part of the hardcore thing is like it's not it's not about showing off because if you can't write songs at the end of the day, like go fuck yourself, right? Yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> hey, not for nothing, but go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Uh, sounds like a few of uh, Tuna's favorite band members there. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's true. <laughs> All right. People that are just like, yeah, yeah. All right. I'm, a, I'm an easy read. What can I say? <laughs> hey, thanks so much for doing this, guys. It's much appreciated. Thank you. All right. Thanks. What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we are talking hardcore, helping out. You know him, you love him. It is the best dressed man on the pod. It is Daniel Sant. What's up, Dan? Sometimes I rhyme slow, sometimes I rhyme quick. I'm sweeter and thicker than a Chico stick. Also helping out, it is Ben Merlis, a.k.a. Ben Edge, a.k.a. Bedge. What's up, Ben? Lemonade was a popular drink, and it still is. Dude, one of the greatest lines of all time. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's one of the greatest lines of all time. Like, oh... It's like, good point. Thank you for that, Guru. <laughs> and um, it's true that I am sweeter and thicker than a Chico stick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so everyone that is listening to this, you heard that sweat interview out the gate and just wanted to dive into the record and talk a little bit with Ben here. And, uh, you know, and me and Dan can talk it too uh, without the sweat people around, you know, so we can tell them what we really think, you know, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, look, guys, it's my favorite record this year, like by far. I've listened to it so many times, and I haven't gotten sick of it. I'm finally to the point where I'm skipping a single track, but I'm not going to tell you what one it is. But uh, Ben, what's your overall take on this record? First Sweat, of all, give it up. I'm surprised that you like it so much. When I heard it, uh, I thought, will will Zach even want to talk about this on the podcast? Because I because like it's sort of outside of your, you know, sweet spot. Wouldn't you say? No, dude, I like music that kicks ass. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good record. It's like good rock and mid tempo punk with tasty seventies rock guitar riffage. That reminds me of annihilation time minus the solos, but then it's got those break. It's got those breakdowns that AT never did, and it's got extremely fast parts that AT never did. Like in that song "Hard Grudge," the the maybe that might be the token really fast song on the album. Uh, and also, they got a bright recording. They got a bright recording. Like I don't know if Annihilation Time ever. The th- actually, you know what? The third record, I like how it sounds. But like, you know, if we're going off the Jimmy stuff, which is what you're comparing this to, like. This sweat album sounds brighter, but I don't know. Dan, what's your thoughts? Yeah, you know I like it. Um, I I said, you know, there's lots of people giving it um, Thin Lizzy comparisons. Well, obviously the whole band doesn't sound like Thin Lizzy, but that there's touches of Thin Lizzy in there, which is true because there is some really almost like bluesy parts to it. But then I also said there's a lot of like the Chiswick kind of sound in there as well and i mean it's just so good um the first song incredible life death complex incredible those are my two standouts um for the for the record 
like hit and run. I that song just has such a great blueprint of, as Zach says, music that kicks ass. Like it's, it's so good. It's her vocal cadence, dude. It just like create. It pumps through the whole album. It's so insane. And then also like these are like serious players, and they just know how to hold back. Like there's like no wanking, even though they could wank this whole record if they wanted to. Uh, yeah, and on top of that, his backups complement the not only her vocal but the song structure entirely. Like they're layered at the right places, and they they really give the songs life um, because her voice is a tiny bit low in the mix for me just a you know just a little bit but when the backups come in it it elevates it just a bit um the world is a bastard that song's good hard grudge i mean if we went side a versus side b i'm going side a all day on this on this lp but uh, i need, probably need to dive into side side b more because you know you put something on and then you lose yourself in it and you start paying fully attention to to it as well whereas like the first few songs you really are paying attention and then you go about your day while you're working or whatever um i really dig it i think this is a band that deserves a lot of attention for doing something that's incorporating a bunch of different sounds but making something extremely unique and and um their own thing Normally it drives me a little crazy if the vocals are low in the mix, but I think because her voice is so percussive, it works. Um, I, I think that's why I'm like digging it. Ben, does anything stand out to you on this album or you just like it? Like you're like, Oh, another good record, like doing a stab of this style and doing it pretty well. Uh, my standout tracks are machismo and mental and mental is like, kind of like it would be a straight down the middle punk song, except there's so many drum fills in it that it makes it interesting. It's like, I, it's not overplaying. It's just like interesting playing. And I've been in bands with drummers who are like, um, you know, the, the drummer has the, it, it, it's sort of, well, maybe at this point people just fuck with pro tools and, and Frankenstein everything. But in, in the, generally speaking, the drummer has to be able to play the song from the very beginning to the very end without making any mistakes at all. And there's been like people I've been in bands with who were like, I'm going to dumb it down so I, so I, that I can play it right all the way through. And it's like, thank God this guy didn't dumb it down and, and uh, just went and went, went mental with the drum fills. Um, and then I'd also like to point out that the songs bastard and the song, the song bastard and art of posing remind me of children of the grave by black Sabbath. Cause they've got that. Yeah. Love it, dude. I love it. I, I like God. I love this record. Everyone check it out. Uh, put a, I put a few tracks in the uh, playlist. Everyone go to 185 miles south.com. Click that playlist link at the top of the page and check out the music that we talk about on this episode and buy that record support hardcore. This band rules. Okay, next thing I want to talk about, um, there's a podcast that we have been enjoying recently, Ben and myself. It's called The Kings of Punk, and it is out of where in New York, Ben? Rochester, New York. Yeah, and I think these are kids like in their maybe early 30s or so, but they're pretty smart dudes. They are, they're digging in. They're doing this whole tournament. 
uh, or they did recently. I think it might still be in the middle of it. They might be wrapping it up. They basically bracketed out the whole Puss Head 100, and they're going through and doing a tournament style of it. It's real cool. They do their homework. They never skip leg day, and I just really enjoy it. And uh, and so, but they got me thinking so much about this Puss Head 100 that I wanted to just like talk about it a little bit. So, uh, yeah, it's wild, dude. Like just looking at this thing, like I got a few thoughts, right? So first off, I think it's kind of cool that Pusshead doesn't, he's not like anal like us when we do records and we're like, no, you have to use the original, you know, like, cause he, he chooses like that, uh, that discord first four, seven inches is like one of the best records of the eighties. And it's like, hey, there's four, <laughs> there's four records on there. So technically, you chose like 103 records. You know what I mean? But then, like, he doesn't do that for Minor Threat because he chooses Minor Threat filler only. And it's like, dude, why not just choose like the LP that has both seven inches on it, you know? Or even like the discography came out in the 80s. You could just choose Minor Threat discography, you know, which is kind of wild. And then, like, that sends me for a loop because I'm like, fuck, does he like only like filler? Like, he thinks like they're washed up by uh, out of step. And you hear like, or, or by, uh, in my eyes even, you know, and you hear that shit sometimes like with old school people, they'll be like, yeah, you know, Slayer, like by the time like Halloween or by the time like rain and blood came out, they were washed up. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? It's like the greatest piece of fucking thrash metal of all time. You know, they're washed up by then. What? Like in my eyes is maybe like the greatest hardcore song of all time. So like I would definitely lean towards choosing the, LP with both seven inches on that. If you're going to choose stuff that is like, you know, the four, seven inches, let's go to Ben for a thought because there's an airplane over me. Yeah. So this, where was this printed originally? Was it in Thrasher or was it in MRR? I can't remember. Yeah. Thrasher. Thrasher. From yeah. So uh, yeah, he had a music column in Thrasher and this came out in 1990. So the eighties had just ended. So you know, you don't have the benefit of hindsight really for like stuff from 88, 89 that you have from, from 80, 81. But I'd like to point out that he is more well-rounded than me because I wouldn't have picked so much stuff from outside North America. I would have picked more straight edge stuff. Speaking of which, no youth of today? Come on, dude. Like I, I can see like, I can totally picture like him thinking like, Ray Capo's a douchebag or like, oh, you know, punk rockers shouldn't wear athletic gear. But like the music contained on those first three records, not making the top 100, none of them like really. And like that shit's better than Abrasive Wheels. I've been listening to Abrasive Wheels since I was 14. That shit is not that great. And neither is China White and neither is Chaos UK. Like, of course, I can poke holes in it. His, you know, like no one, no two people's opinions are going to be the same. Um, but it really seems like he wasn't feeling youth crew in general, save for like maybe straight ahead, straight ahead's like the most youth crewy thing on this. Um, I have other thoughts straight too, but we're talking about that. Very youth with okay, with your you- thought though, on the, on him going international, Ben, like if you think about it, like he put out that cleanse of bacteria comp, which has like a fair amount of like stuff outside the U S you know, I think he was always dialed in like that. And I, I agree with you on the take, like that he didn't rock the youth crew stuff, but it's kind of cool. He got Sigvidal on here, which is eighty nine, so like and, made it and really, really high up too. Yeah, and we we way born to expire gets the hundred slot. Um, <laughs> the ben Ben singled out China White being 
high. And I think it's like, yeah, that one's it's wild. Like if you think about China white being as high as he rated it, because supposedly this is like in order, you know? So, you know, China white over jealous again, like, or above walk among us. Like, how's that not top 10? But uh, overall, like this list, like is a sick list. Like I respect anyone that like lays their shit out there and says what they like. You know, it's so easy to like pick apart other people's shit and it's so easy to like knock things. But for you to like be like, here you go, dude, hundred of the best records of the eighties. Like that is so ill, you know, like he's putting his name on something. He's saying, I love this stuff. And I just think it's so cool. And it just, it really is a good list. Um, but yeah, digging into a couple other things, like I thought it was interesting that he chose United Blood instead of Victim in Pain, you know, but that must have just been a thing where he was there when United Blood came out and he was just like, oh my God, this is so mind blowing. And so then when Victim in Pain comes out, like he kind of was prepared for it because otherwise I cannot imagine like thinking that United Blood is better than Victim in Pain just on the recording alone. You know, Dan, you got any, any thoughts on this list? too many um negative approach only be it only being at 25 insane because you know i'll look through his list top five you can't fuck with that discharge ssd subhumans minor threat bad brains (laughs) you can't argue with that but negative approach being all the way down at 25 give me a fucking break um the farts are on this list come on um, <laughs> how, about, how about even discharge being number one and like go with one of the two 12 inches you know go with like hear nothing or go with why like this this seven inch is cool but it's like they're washed up <laughs> they're washed up by then <laughs> i know it's like it's not like those are the two dude you know what i mean like i know they have like multiple seven inches that are good but like dude if, if you're gonna play dis discharge for someone you're gonna give him one of the two lps right well yeah and also seven seconds he's got committed for life on here but you you're not gonna go the crew <laughs> get all those songs on there you know i know um but imagine and i mean a million people reference this list obviously we're saying it again pre-internet you get this list printed in escape magazine and now you have a roadmap you have a roadmap to start sampling things that are outside your purview. Whereas, you know, if you're an American hardcore kid, yeah, you've heard a few of those English bands, but you haven't heard a ton of these. You definitely haven't heard the Swedish and Finnish bands that are on here probably. Um, and then, you know, and then all the Japanese bands you can start tapping into. Like what a gift this was to young punk and hardcore kids the world over. Um, to be able to dive into this and just really, really lose yourself in record collecting, trading, and discovering all kinds of new stuff. Yeah. Putting um, Dead Kennedy's 99, do you think that's like a diss? <laughs> like, <laughs> such like a big tentpole band is like, ooh, 99 for like their 81 record. Like, ooh. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I mean. It's like, would they have felt better just being left off? Like, oh, I, oh, fuck, I forgot Dead Kennedy's. My bad. I'm trying to think who the most stuff. who's the most important band that's just not on the list at all. Um, oh, I didn't try to go in that hard. 
Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I don't know. YOT um, is, is in the convo for that for sure. I at you least know. can't close my eyes. Right. You know, but I mean, did Puss head not like screaming for change? Um, yeah. Not on the list. Right. Which is yeah, interesting because I mean, like, he is a straight edge person. And a lot of straight edge stuff got, you know, um, looked over or dissed on purpose, you know. So maybe he doesn't like the. Obviously, there's it. There's a lot of dirty sounding stuff on here, so maybe he doesn't like the clean cut. You know, regards that maybe as jock core or whatever. And then when he's asked to do a a um, youth crew record, it ends up looking. A bit strange in my eyes. First LP. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, he does have Stalling Thirteen in control on here, which is like kind of in the uniform choice lane, you know. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm just well, the the biggest thing that I'm confounded by is not having the the minor threat with like the two seven inches on it. Like that one is <laughs> wild to me, you know. I, so if you maybe apply, just. Maybe he just doesn't want guilty of being white on the list. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. So if you're going to bracket, the other thing that's interesting is he puts comps, you know, which yeah. is, is interesting as well, because I don't know the comps on here, if I would rank them like that, but yeah, I don't know. Who knows? The four, seven inches is a way to get four of those records into one pick, you know? Um, but the the thing is, and I hate to say it again, prior to the internet, comps were a massive way of sharing things from other scenes all into one, you know, one output that people could dive into or stuff from the past that had gone and it was introduced to a new generation. So I think comps being on here is actually a good acknowledgement of the importance of a comp. Well, I would agree with that if there was like more of it, right? Like it's just weird because he chooses like a couple. There's like two or three. Like if if he was like repping the comp game, you know, then you would have like ten on here, you know. Yeah, the way it is not being on here is a a big miss. Yeah, but he's got the processes of elimination, you know, which is a wild comp for a seven inch, you know. Um, I have if a, you guys I have were a- doing the. Go for Thanks. It. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, I had an observation that their top, the top ten, is split evenly between U.S. and U.K. bands, and is exclusively eighty to eighty-three era. Like the stuff he ha- rates the highest, it actually isn't in, is not like Japanese or continental European stuff. It's U.S. and U.K. and it's early eighties strictly. But I don't know if that's conscious on his part. You know. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, if you were bracketing this out, what do you think comes down? Like, what can beat filler? What What are the acceptable answers for something that beats filler? Raw, negative approach, the end. Yeah. Blue album, blue album, jealous again. Roar. I mean, nothing beats filler, but those three. I'd be fine with, 
I mean, would be like not mind blowing. Yeah, I think Roar, Blue Album. Uh, that's it, maybe from the list. You know, I think I would take Victim of Pain over Filler, but not like NA? it's not on. But it's not in here. Yeah, NA is in the conversation too. Yeah, yeah, those those ones, I think. So Blue Album, NA, Roar, maybe get it away. Just because, like, the wildness of it. It's, like, it's something that that 12-inch is so wild. Like, nothing ever sounds like it ever again. It's a it's a spectacular piece of music. I don't know. Those are the ones. Just a handful that can be filler. Get Away and, and filler probably wins wild. Yeah. I would say Get Away is wild, but if you play it side-by-side side with filler, it's it's not going to it's not gonna beat it. No, I think that's fair. But if we're just tossing out five that, like, I'm not going to cry if it beats yeah. filler, you know what I mean? Like, oh, it, like you can make an argument, you know. I think you can make an argument for the Blue Album beating filler, you know. But, like, I don't know. And I, and I think the negative approach, 7-inch, does beat filler. Maybe. That's, like, that's the closest thing ever. It's That just depends on a mood, right? How mad are you? Yeah. yeah. Are you, are, are really you normal mad or are you super mad? yeah exactly did you just get cut off or did you just get evicted (laughs) right you know (laughs) those are the two levels of anger yeah um i uh, i I broke out all the i i I broke out a couple things from this uh list i did all the nardcore stuff and all the 1.5 stuff so do you want me to go nardcore first i thought the only nardcore thing is stalag it is <laughs> number 92. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So that, there's our answer. Aggression. That's, that's one of the big things that's missing in my opinion. Um, yeah. He, he kind of seems to lean like into the EPs. Like if a band had a classic EP, he's choosing that over the, the LP, you know, even if it doesn't seem practical. Also, you know, no although he was weird as, he he chooses uh, he chooses Kings of Punk over the first Poison Idea, you know, which yeah, I yeah. thought was interesting. You know, I, I I like it more. I like Kings of Punk more, but usually people would go the other way. I would think so. That's kind of interesting. Also, like for his taste, the scream still screaming is like pretty high. You know, and that's a pretty clean sounding record, don't you think? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. He's a wild man, and I, I love how how high up the impact unit seven inches, because like I, that's I just a, that's it's just a fun seven inch, and it's cool that it's like oh damn that must have like really connected with him for some reason. Yeah, but you the know? fact that that's on there and Youth of Today isn't is just deba- it's a debacle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so much stuff that's not right. Like you see, uh, War, War Zone's not on there. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like Killing Time eighty nine. You know, and he, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't do demos, but raw deal demo a little earlier. Breakdown demo. Anyway, all right. Well, I'm, final thoughts, Ben. Um, oh, your one point five list, and then let's take it out of here. 
Yeah, and and he is missing that Zero Boys Vicious Circle LP. No excuse for that. And and well, True. I'll get I'll get to the other thing. So number six, TSOL EP fifteen, Flex Your Head, but only the Teen Idol songs. Number eighteen, Adolescence Blue album. Twenty two, Channel Three Manzanar. Twenty three, Four Old Seven Inches, but only the Teen Idol songs. Uh, 24, this is Boston, not LA, but only the Freeze songs. 40, Circle Jerks Group Sex, but only the songs where they bit Red Cross and Angry Samoans. 43, China White Danger Zone, God Knows Why. 48, Social Distortion Playpen. 58, DOA The Prisoner. 59, Bad Religion, How Could Hell Be Any Worse. Number 86, 76% Uncertain Estimated Monkey Time. R.I.P. Bill Knapp, the drummer of 76% Uncertain, passed away recently. Number 87, Agent Orange. Oh, wait, wrong Agent Orange. Whatever. Like, I hate throwing this this other Agent Orange under the bus, but it does make me think, like, what about the Orange County Agent Orange that did bloodstains? So that's another, like, huge thing that's not on this list. I have, also, I have a good Agent Orange story for another time. We'll just say it now before you forget. Okay. Um, Swindle were on tour and they were playing somewhere in Texas with Agent Orange. And Agent Orange is like, hey, uh, we've got this really long drive. Will will you uh, headline and we'll, we'll play right before you? Which, <laughs> like, anyone's going to stick around after Agent Orange. Anyway, they get... They get browbeaten into doing it. So they go play after Agent Orange. Yes, half the crowd leaves. They go to get paid afterwards, and uh, the person at the venue says, oh, no, we gave all the money to Agent Orange. They said they were paying all the bands out themselves, <laughs> and they'd already taken off with all the money. <laughs> wow. Wow. Get I'm it. not. I'm not I, I'm not upset that that Agent Orange isn't on this list now, just from that story. Yeah. Hey, whoever did that, your mother cu- your mother sucks cocks in hell, fool. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Coming from the real Agent Orange, not the ripoff band. What's up? And now here's the best five ten second parts of hardcore songs. With Daniel Sant. All right, Daniel, your top five 10 second sound segments in hardcore. Let's uh, hear them and then you lead them in and I'll play them. So you just got to let me know which one because I didn't number them. Okay, no problem. Well, the reason this topic has uh, become this segment is because I went and saw Negative Approach when they had a night off from the tour that they're doing with Circle Jerks. And they played this place called, um, fuck, I just forgot the name, but it's in Albany, which is just right next to Oakland. And I went and Ready to Fight played. And then just as the chorus of Ready to Fight is ending, and then that bass comes back in, in my head, as I was like smashing through walls like the Kool-Aid guy in my head, because I wasn't doing that in person because I'm a poser. Um I thought, is there a better 10 seconds in hardcore than this, like as this chorus ends and this bass part picks up? So that's the first one we're going to listen to. Okay, this one's a little clippy because the uh, the MP3 wasn't the best, but let's listen to it. (laughs) 
Yep, classic. <laughs> Doesn't that make you want to do things? <laughs> yeah, I'm naked like, right now, dude. <laughs> like, Ben, as as a notorious uh, semi-pacifist, does that make you want to smash through walls? Yeah, rules. It's It's very well written. It's, yeah, it's great. No, because the base, just the base as it picks up. I, I don't know. I just get like goosebumps all over, and just I start doing like the creepy crawly around my bedroom every time I listen to this seven inch. It's that, or anytime is that, or when like AF does like last warning, right? Like those two are just like, ooh, here we go. Yeah, you know, or or United Blood. Yeah. Or 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 uh, blind justice, but yeah, there's there's things where that a base break will just be like, uh oh, it, it's about to get ignorant, it's about to get really ignorant, and I think that is that. Next up, because that was the impetus of thinking about this. Next up, I thought, there's that part in in my eyes where you've already. You know, you've gone through the amazing like musical intro and then it's starting to lay out, you know, with the, the bubbling bass and the way his vocals are. But just at the end of that, before the chorus, it's just the pinnacle. It's the peak of the song. It's, I dare say, maybe the peak of all things Minor Threat. All right, here we go. It's that part where you're at the top of the roller coaster and that little bit of free fall before you start going down, that little bit of weightlessness is the, do you fucking get it? And then you fucking whoosh down the hill. That hi-hat sounds so good. It's so chunky for like being an early 80s recording. Good God. Must have been like a $10,000 microphone on that thing. (laughs) I'd like to oh, point Jeff out Nelson just knows how to hit it. I'd like to point out something that Ready to Fight by Negative Approach and In My Eyes by Minor Threat have in common. Uh slow versus fast choruses. Is that a is writing songwriting like that a dead art? It's a good question. You know, Uniform Choice does it great too, right? Like think about yeah. the song Uniform Choice. You know, it's like very like that. It's very 80s. It, it has kind of gone out of style a little bit. You know, it'd be great for like Roddy now to do a whole song like that. They could like work it because like they're a band that does really great, like stripped down hardcore, but also like they translate to like the big room. You know, they could pull off like something like totally old school sounding like that and just like have the whole fucking place going ape. I'd love to see it. Yeah. Seven seconds did it perfectly as well. True. Okay, Dan number three. Yep. Speaking of which, now, all I have to say is seven seconds, young till I die. When you think that the song is perfect already, you know, you've listened to about a minute and 20 of it. It's gone from verse to chorus. It's so catchy. The lyrics are so good. But then they slow it down. And they give you 
the driving melody that will be in your head till the end of your life and something to stake your whole life on. Young Till I Die, unbelievable. Shout out, to the got- dude, uh, shout out to the dude from Rancid on bass. <laughs> well, that's what I gotta say, uh, Mister Youth on bass there with the doodle doodle. It it just it's that part of like extra showmanship that just it's just the right amount. It's what do you call it? It just gives it enough sizzle, you know. Damn, when Daniel Sizzler says you have the right amount of sizzle, that's some shit. <laughs> what do you think about that choice? Well, all five of these are classic. You know, I think you did a great job. Like, it's kind of like when we did the very first Super 7 with Kim, like the, you know, the starter kit for hardcore. If you're going to, like, do a playlist to get someone into hardcore. This yeah. is like the the you could just take these five songs. Right. And you're choosing like the tentpole moment of five perfect entry level hardcore songs. And the only reason they're entry le- entry level is because they are so well written in it, I mean we always say this hardcore is the most important genre anyway but when you're putting this stuff against a Rolling Stones a Beatles a Public Enemy a LL Cool J anything that is at the top of what their craft is these songs are standing out alongside them if not better in them you know, Ben, you got to take on the seven seconds before we go on to the next. Something all three of these songs have in common that Dan is attracted to is there is a break. So you have a bass break for negative approach, a guitar, uh, a vocal break for minor threat and a guitar break for seven seconds. So that's the, that's how to get Dan in the feels. You want Dan to like your band, break out those breaks. Yep. You got to do a ring out. You got to do that ring out people. Hey, just right, call then. me Curtis Blow. Just call me Curtis Blow. What are we doing um, for number four here? Okay, number four is everybody listening will know this. I don't even need to impress about why this is just so iconic, but this is zero 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 to zero ten of All right, you the know, song. You know me guess of which the two. I think I can guess by your uh, explanation. Here we go. Was I correct, sir? (laughs) You are correct, sir. Um, The drum clicks are ominous, and then the that drum fill into the tone of being almost drone and even lower than drone and it has like sustain on the guitars it's just it's evil you know but in in an upbeat evil way perfect it's perfect it's what hardcore is right like take a creative idea that's really simple and make it the greatest thing in the world it's it's a click, a drum fill, and two notes with like a a laid back bounce beat. Like, good God, man! 
There you go. I love it. <laughs> Great drum intro. All right. Here's a fun fact about Mackie. He plays on rap records because he was in a band called Frontline before he was in Cro-Mags. And two of the members of Frontline started a hip-hop production team called the Stimulated Dummies with Dante Ross, another punk rocker turned hip hopper. And so they, when, whenever they needed live drums or they felt like putting live drums on rap records, they'd call up their pal Mackie and he'd play on that shit. So if you go to Discogs or whatever, I know Shazzy is one of the rappers who has Mackie on and she even shouts him out Mackie on drums. So that was kind of, kind of fun and kind of a surprise listening to some, some hip hop record being like, Oh shit, it's a Chromex guy. That rules. Okay, Dan, number five. Number five. I tried to cram probably 12 to 13 seconds worth of stuff. So I picked from 121 to 131 of what I might regard as the best breakdown of all time. Um, best mosh part slash breakdown. The way this has so much soul, swagger, and otherworldliness in it is just unbelievable. I think it is perfection. All right, here we go. Yeah. I just got chills just listening just to that 10 seconds right now. It's pretty but good, version? man. That's the roar version, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, he didn't specify, so I just did a roar. It is roar. The I I I thought that would be obvi. Roar over everything for me when it comes to that band. Hundred percent. Um, Bad brains. They have many great breaks and many great breakdowns, but the almost um, militaristic. Armageddon of the guitar in that build-up. It just sounds like marching onto war, and then it just breaks with like HR just lunacy, you know, like a lunatic style vocal. It's just it's it's fucking perfect. Yeah, he sounds maniacal. So good. Yeah. So perfect. Can Love you imagine it. what they did when like they were in the practice room and Dr. No or or Daryl or whoever came up with it? Like they were working that one out and they would just look to each they must have just looked at each other like we just captured like lightning in a bottle, you know? Yeah, each artist did a backflip, dude. It's like fuck, fuck it. Yeah. It's so good, you know? <laughs> One of the first breakdowns. I just wonder what either of you would have maybe just thought, like just one off the top of your head that you would have put in there. It's hard. I was going to load up one to try to burn you, but uh, (laughs) it's hard because the 10 second thing is pretty limiting. I was thinking like, like I'm tired of taking the fucking blame, you know, uniform choice and coming in off that, but it was closer to 15 seconds. I was thinking set it off. That's closer to 15 seconds, so if you want to get like the meat of it, because you got to get like the 
you know, blah, 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 like the first ones, and then you need to set it off with the bounce after it. So you need yeah. 15. I can't get it in 10. So uh, I don't know. I would have to think about this a little bit. Ben, you got a take? Yeah, the minor threats attempt at there at that right brigade a guitar break going into the breakdown, which would be little friend and which is my, probably my favorite 10 seconds of any hardcore song, you know, and then the, the, you get the snare hit, you know, you get that, the, the, yeah. the vibe you get from the Chromags, the snare hit thing. So all in one, all in a 10 second period. That's, that's a great one too. Absolutely. And there's a reason OMDB covered both. Huh. But uh, another one that just outside, like the lengthwise, that I would have uh, gone for, but I couldn't just clip it to making sense in a ten-second period. Is no thanks. You know, I wanted. Does it make you feel good when you drink? You know, but you need a little bit more than just the end of one line. You know. Yeah, and you need like the. You need at least the fourth ring out going into that. Yeah. Like, not me. I know a swore in Dutch. I feel my heart waiting. Do you feel better? Like, you need that last line before the waiting line. Absolutely. All righty. Killer list, Dan. And we will do more of these in the future. Our top five blank from blank. All right. <laughs> How do you do, fellow kids? What? How do you do, fellow kids? What? How do you do, fellow kids? All right, we're talking some new shit. Uh, one of these I chose, one of these Dan chose, and we probably love them equally. Um, first one I want to talk about is the Twist of Cain demo. Came out really recently in the last month or so, I believe. And it's their demo 22. Dude, I love this thing. The production is so clean and good. It's like, you know, sometimes you listen to Marauder Master Killer just because it sounds so good. Of course, they got the songs to back it up, but it's like, this record just sounds so good. And this, oh, it's so creative. They bounce from like part to part very seamlessly. Keeps them on my toes the whole time. I'm never bored. It's somewhere in that lane between Hatebreed and Marauder. It's catchy. It's riffy. It's so good. Um, very, very monotone, but very creative. And yeah, this is my favorite demo I've heard in a long time. And of this style, like right out the gate, just playing like songs and songwriting, like they've been a band for a long ass time. Dan, what do you think about this one? Now, this, this is one that was really interesting to me because as it started out, I was like, yeah, it sounds good, but it, nothing's catching me. And then the second growly vocal that goes overlaps the main vocalist who has a little bit of a deeper and, and more guttural voice. It was annoying me at first. Like I was like, Oh, I don't, if I want in my head, I'm thinking if I want two vocalists, I want one to sound different than the other and add something, you know? But then I started, you know, carrying on listening uh zero hour props that they've got an unbroken uh song title as a song title um and then by identity of none i started like really kind of dialing in and then 
the song Afterthought is so good. It's the best song on the demo by a mile for me. Even when I've re-listened to the demo multiple times and start to appreciate the other stuff more, Afterthought is the one I keep going back to. It's the longest song on the on the demo, but it has so many interesting parts. Um, it has a incredibly, uh, for lack of a better thing, it has an almost like neurosis-ish breakdown to an extent. Mm. And then it it does a um, a little nod to what would be like a like you said, a Marauder version of Absentee Debate on the uh, outro. So it does the same riff over and over to a fade out, but the riff is way more Marauder than it is Unbroken. Um, it's it's really good, and the recording is strong. It is a it's um, it's channeling the '90s hard, like it's channeling the piccolo snare. It's channeling like the way guitars sounded on these, you know, 95, 96 um, metallic hardcore hate breed Marauder um, Crown of Thorns. It's sound. It's channeling that sound very hard and doing it very well. It's just so palatable because it's like, yeah, that that fourth song is almost four minutes, but it doesn't drag at all. And, like, the whole thing together is, like, 10 or 11 minutes. So, like, it's just the perfect chunk of music. Very similar to, like, when we were talking about the Scowl LP last year. You know? And it's just, like, wow. They wrote an album that's, like, the perfect length. And I think that that's, like, something that is very underrated when it comes to people putting out an album. Is, like, planning how long it should actually be. You know? Like, we're we're past the days of, like, record labels saying, like, oh, you're your LP has to be at least like X amount of minutes to like qualify as a full length for a, you know, a record on your contract. Like, I mean, I hope all that stuff was so lame. It's like, you just put out the best record you can, you know, and think about keeping it short and keeping people wanting more because I want more of this. This is like the perfect chunk of music. If like towards the end of the year, we get four more songs like this, another 10 minutes. So stoked. Um, Ben, were you able to pluck anything out of this that you liked or is this just all pain for you? It's painful. I mean, when the guy when the guy yells at the beginning of the first song and you hear the double kick come in, I burst out laughing because I was just thinking of Zach being like, yes! Like, I imagined you hearing this for the first time being like, yeah! <laughs> but, uh, like, Ben nailed my lisp. <laughs> so well, Zach just goes, yes! <laughs> I was doing Beavis and Butthead, but okay, yeah, your lisp. I don't hear your lisp, really. <laughs> the double kick comes in and Zach's just like, yes! Hate crime. <laughs> love it. I love it. Well, Y-E-T-H. Um, yeah, you I, know, I was thinking about this, though, Ben, like, why something like this I like, and, you know, I, I understand how you think that there's so many bands that are that sound like this and for you it's like a sea of misery and like for me it's a sea of misery too like my favorite like lane is like you know prime rev prime new york hardcore stuff right but like once in a while like these things come through and they're like creative like that by all means we talked i think is really creative and good this is like creative and good uh the gridiron stuff is like creative and good tsunami of course um pain of truth like 
there's just some like some little things that set the bands apart. I think it's just like they're not married to a riff. So like they write like an ill ass part and then bounce from it. Where like in the nineties, a lot of like this like slower, like heavy mosh music, like people would like write a riff and be like, Oh, I wrote a sick riff. I'm gonna milk the fuck out of it. You know, and you get bored and like you're so like stuck into a tempo. And this stuff just bounces around tempos and riffs so much that like, but it also doesn't get like mathy. It doesn't get zany. There's like a, I don't know. There's like a heartbeat behind it. Right. Like what's the difference? Like, why do I like Candiria, but I don't like Dillinger escape plan. Um, I guess it would be because there's a groove, right? Like Candiria, all that stuff has a groove. This stuff has a groove. I don't want like that zany shit for the sake of being zany, you know? So I don't know. One thing I will say about this, the length of the demo or like is a perfect thing. If maybe if there was 12 songs of this, I don't think I'd, I don't think I could take the ride as long unless the songs were all doing somewhat different things. No, I agree. I don't know if I want, like, I don't know if you want an LP of this, maybe like 10 songs, like if they can change it up enough. But like, why? Like, what's the point? People, people aren't like chained to having to do LPs like they used to be. You can yeah. just like literally put out a song every three months on the internet and be fine. Like, I think that like we're in like a new like the technology is new. The way people listen to music is different, and like we shouldn't be shackled to the old like way of thinking. Where like, okay, do a demo, do a seven inch, do an LP. It's like maybe a lot of bands shouldn't do LPs. Like. Four song chunks is great sometimes, right? Yeah, I I think that's a a thing that well, lots of people's attention spans are shorter, but it you know you've said in the past like you were waiting for a cooler to do an LP because you thought that that's what that band needed. I think it's a thing where it's like <clears throat> everybody has like a different lane you know like this band i think will be much better in four second uh, four song blocks not not a 10 song block you know right because they're more monotone right ikulu like their songs are all over the place and i mean the other example would be sweat that we talked about in this episode right like i thought the seven inch was perfectly fine but they need like the 10 songs so they can like spread out and get down instead of like okay we only have like time for four songs on this record so we want to have like the straightforward rager. And then we want to have the one that's this tempo. And then we want to have the one that's this tempo. And it's like, okay, like you're kind of overthinking the record. Like where if you know that you have like the space to do 10 or 12 songs, you can just get down, you know, like I kind of wonder, Dan, that song that's like our favorite off the record. Like when we were talking to them, they kind of felt like that might've been like a throwaway song. Like they didn't love that one. And that might be why they like put in that YOLO part. Right. It's like, they're just like, eh, like let's get buck on this song because I don't really love it. And like it ended up being like a masterpiece, you know, in my head, you know, it's like my favorite song on the record. Cause they're just like, we got space. We wrote all these other like well thought out songs. So like on this song, let's get buck, you know, it's like, I don't know. That's like the freedom that an LP gives you. But like for a band like this, like twisted cane, it's so dialed in and it's so monotone. And so like, it's just, they're playing this style with a pretty small palette doing it so well i think it is better in like smaller blasts you know absolutely yeah okay let's go on to 
the one that Dan chose, which is the Weapon X demo from uh, 2022. And this is pretty wild. This is very straight edge. So I'll let you guys talk about it because I'm not including <laughs> this party. <laughs> yeah, you are. You're you're the one in the crosshairs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Thanks, dogs. <laughs> no, this is the demo of the year. You said the last one is. This is the demo of the year. Man, the music on this is awesome. The mission statement is awesome. Like the what I love about this is this is a really hard sounding uh hardcore, very um beat down adjacent. But the lyricist and vocalist, or I assume he's the lyricist, but the vocalist is singing in a quite a great straightforward hardcore vocal instead of going too deep too light but it's just a really good straight ahead aggressive voice that rides over the music so well um absolutely love the production of this record uh or demo i can't wait to hear more um i love the um intro straight edge weapon x straight edge weapon fucking x so so nerdy for me to love that so much but i fucking love it and then my very favorite song is the last song on the ep uh in spite of it's um a very very angry straight edge song um the production where it comes in in spite of he goes i am straight edge and then in spite of you like this crazy almost like industrial part comes in and just smashes into like this insane breakdown absolutely love it um i love every song on it like there's no skippers at all it's uh incredible channeling an era of straight edge from the 90s but doing it in um today's hardcore that takes a lot of influence on board from the past and from what is going on right now and it's just a perfect demo i i really fucking love this yes yeah, it's, re- it's really easy to listen to i would say that um i like it okay it's just obviously they don't want me to be a fan dog it's cool that's not that's not true. You look some of your favorite music ever is straight edge hardcore. <laughs> yeah. Um this is good. I listen to it. It's it's fine. It's good. Ben, <laughs> what do you think? Is the band X Weapon X or Weapon X? Oh, that is well it's I'm on the band cam. It says it's the Weapon X demo by X Weapon X. So I think it's X Weapon X. I thought it was demo. Was clear, clear? Was clear, clear, or were they X Clear X? Well, by that logic, this band would be called Weapon. But that's not right. Right? I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't matter. The, the, cool. If you want to go on Spotify and look up X Weapon X, that's where you. That's what it's listed as on Spotify, at least. Anyway, this is the problem with putting X's by your names 
it's uh <laughs> leads to uh, uh consumer confusion um i uh, people like you let's start with that song it has a slayer part towards the end you hear you notice that they like slayer maybe or they like bands that like Slayer. And then that incl- that song Inclination, it opens with Scissor Beat Hardcore. And then it gets all uh, metal mosh pretty quickly. And then there are some songs that Zach, I think Zach refers to them as the slow fast beat. Do Am I using that correctly, Zach? Would you say there are slow fast beats on this, re- on this demo? Yeah, like the integrity beat. Like that? Yes. So yeah, I, I don't know. They they bounce around a lot of tempos here. I would say that yeah, they have a they have a plethora of different fast beats, which is one of the coolest things about this demo, right? Like they have a scissor beat part, they have some normal fast parts, and then they have a slow fast part. Totally, and uh, in spite of the metal, I like the stops in in spite of, and I believe that is Dan's standout track. And I pose two questions: one, is this band's favorite band? path of resistance and two should we make bets that this band will end up on new age records i was thinking that it would be like yeah somewhere in the path of resistance or shockwave you know but like the two the two you're going for and i don't think they'll end up on new age but maybe who knows they got some they got some heavy hitters in the band some dudes from knock loose dude from inclination so they can probably end up wherever they want if they're going to take the band seriously. But I mean, yeah, this is fine. I, I listen to it as good, but whatever. Do, the, it's I, more didn't for realize, I didn't realize it has a guy from inclination. Cause there's a song called inclination on it. I, don't know, I think that's a nice stitch in. Yeah. Stitch um, it's, in. it's too, it's, it's, it's way metal for me. For some reason I liked path of resistance, which is just, odd why would i like that band but maybe just because their lyrics were so militant that like reading along to the lyric sheet like that was the entertainment i derived out of that record and maybe i should do that with this because i can make out some of the words and they are obviously like a militant straightish band so maybe i'd get kicks out of maybe maybe i wouldn't get as much excitement out of uh that as i would have as an 18 year old or 17 year old with path of resistance, but musically, yeah, it's, it's way on the metal tip. The path of resistance LP, like legit has two great songs and like three that I think are really good, like three total, but two great. Like that first song is so good. And then that counter song, this world won't defeat me, you know? And then I toss in that third, the, it's a second song on the album, the, Broken Heroes, <laughs> whatever that song's ill too. <laughs> like I don't know, but that album—I mean, the Path of Resistance album is like a example I would use of a very monotone album that is monotone in like kind of a bad way. You know, like you have those three songs that really stand out to me, but I can never make it through that LP. And when when I when you think about how that LP is, it seems like it should be exactly what I like. You know, it's like kind of heavier but has fast parts and every song has a breakdown you know it's like kind of on paper is a album that i should like but it just gets very i don't know samey and and monotone and in not like the way that i love i love it but 
what I'll say about this is this isn't monotone musically, I feel. I feel there's a lot of diversity and a lot of difference within the genre of it being a very hard beat down adjacent musical output, you know? Yeah, they toss out I would say well monotone and like the melody thing, but like they are tossing a ton of tempos at you. This is like this is good creative songwriting, you know, for for pretty straightforward music. I like it. I'm just and, and absolutely uh blueprinted to go fucking crazy live. <laughs> right. Know? Yeah. It just it come it when I listen to it, it it if I had to sum it up, it just sounds like a side project band. You know? Like it just seems like a side project more so than anything. Like I don't know. But hey, right on. They did a great demo. It's a it's a cool demo. Yeah, well, I I really love it. It's my favorite thing of the year so far. Um, but you know, there's a lot of stuff to come. Let's see if it can ride all the way to December. Dude, we will see. All right, Dan, where can the people find you? On Instagram at Southport Instagrammer. Ben, where can the people find you? On Instagram at cold chillin book also walking around la in neutral clothing um <laughs> and you can find me 185 miles south at gmail.com and 185 miles south on instagram and zach retali instagram and you know retali is the best on instagram everyone will talk to you again next monday thanks for the support <laughs>